Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. Podcast providing the most in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug to join Andrew as we discuss this month's view from the turnbuckle. So Kamala has passed away. Aaron. Yeah, this is a you know, it's very unfortunate, of course. Uh, you know, as we're getting into the 2020s, you know, wrestlers that were really big in the 80s, uh, or even before, uh, you know, unfortunately we're gonna start seeing them passing. Uh, you know, and unfortunately with uh, uh Kamala, I did not really i cannot tell you a match of his that i saw my only memory of him is he was scared of the undertaker that's the uh one moment about his that i remember but just like with anything else it's it is very sad to see somebody you know pass away and uh you know we don't know uh, the extent of it but obviously this is not a a drug issue you know where you see somebody pass away incredibly young but either way it is very sad to see somebody pass away that uh was you know fairly big to certain parts of the country in the 80s yeah, I mean, he um, he was 70 years old. He obviously lived a long life, luckily, quote-unquote, unlike a lot of wrestlers that we see die in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, he was able to live a full life. I also don't admittedly remember watching him. He was a little bit before my time. I, I legit, I think I only remember the Undertaker feud, and it's very brief through clips, and that's about it. So it's always sad to see someone go, but I'm glad he got to live 70 years. I I will say that I, I probably remember him most for uh, him fighting Randy Savage for the title. He also fought uh, Hulk Hogan for the title. Um, uh, it was 92 and 93 um, that he was fighting uh, those guys for titles and, and also the Undertaker uh, uh, match. But always remember him being in the Royal Rumble and, you know, was usually Bobby the Brain Heenan's favorite until he got eliminated and then moved on to the next favorite. So... Uh, very sad to hear, um, uh, but for for, his, for health conditions and everything like that, um, I, I guess he also tested positive for COVID-19, so that probably did, added on to, I think he had diabetes and apparently a heart condition, so died at the age of 70, so he did get to leave a, a, a relatively full life uh, compared to other wrestlers. Yeah, it is sad that he uh, passed away, so uh, yeah, uh, but... Let's talk about uh, something very interesting and uh, something that I think we're going to have some interesting topics or uh, discussion about, I should say. Uh, Sonia Deville, um, something actually just happened. She had a stalker come to her house. And, uh, well, uh, Doug, can you tell a little more of the story? So I find this absolutely hilarious that the police can't really give out the information of the victim uh, in a case like this. But... When she went to go get the actual like order of protection against him, that becomes a court record, and everybody gets then the information of what happened. Um, so you know, law system is broken. Um, so what was divulged in that uh, was that Sonia and Mandy were at Sonia's house. He came to the house late at night. She was woken up by an alarm. He then broke into the house. And they confronted him, and then they he went on to the porch, I believe, and then they ran upstairs. He or they 
they ran outside. He figured that they ran upstairs. So he started preparing to get them to be tied up and with duct tape and, and rope and everything like that. And then was confronted by the police when they showed up. And he was more than willing to admit to everything that he was going to do. Um, this is a very, very scary thing uh, for anybody who's ever had to deal with a stalker or somebody that breaks into your house. I mean, obviously, this is not a uh, anything you would want to wake up to or anything like that. I'm very happy that the result ended up in him being arrested and them being perfectly fine with no harm to them. Um, but the, even the psychological damage and, and stuff that she's going to have to to get through with the court process and uh, uh, everything else. Um, I do not believe that he got a bond. I believe he was held. Um, but just just even that aspect of, uh, you know, let's say he he does he, he will eventually probably get a bond and get out before his day in court. And just to think that somebody can be out free that just stalked you and then. uh have his day in court and then you have to relive that whole tragedy over and over again. So my heart goes out to her and, and she seems strong and they, uh, for the match that they put on at SummerSlam, I think that was, a uh, uh, shows her dedication and, uh, her professionalism. And Roger, have you heard any more about, uh, what's going on with the whole situation or anything, any changes that WWE had to make? Um, I know the one change that they made was originally supposed to be a hair versus hair match, and they changed that to I think it was just a street fight and loser leaves WWE. So they had to make that. um, From what I read, it was because they just didn't want her to show up in court with a shaved head, which makes sense from appearances. I'm sure Doug can probably confirm that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to echo all of his thoughts, and I'm going to say that we are probably only – if a few things went different, we're probably having a very – very different and much more tragic discussion about these whole events as opposed to just talking about what could have happened. It could have been obviously, you know, significantly worse. I don't even have words to describe how foul this is. Like I obviously there's something wrong with this guy. I feel real bad for what she's going to have to experience because this isn't something that you just deal with and go away like that. She is going to obviously be traumatized about this for a very long time. And it sucks like that. This is awful in every way imaginable. Yeah, and it seems like it was, what, a month or two ago we were talking about uh, kind of a not a similar situation, but we were talking about something where it's like uh, the fans like you can be the worst sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. about things. And I, I, I actually it was the performance center guy. Well, it's not just the performance center guy, but uh, like Brandy Rhodes had to shut down her Twitter and social yeah. media because she was getting dick pics uh, and other stuff sent to her DMs and by fans and everything like that. And it's like, why do you need to do that? Why does, why does anybody feel the need to harass or, um, just, I mean, <laughs> essentially be a dick and, and do stuff like that. These are the people that you look up to or the people that you want to cheer. Why can't we be, and, you know, I have no problem with people saying, Hey, I saw you. I think you're the best and stuff like that. But why, why harass people that you enjoy to cheer and watch on TV? Yeah, and you know the thing about it is, like you know, Doug. Uh, we we joke about his uh, fascination with Alexa Bliss. Uh, Doug has, while yes, Alexa Bliss is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can admire her beauty. Doug's not going to go stalk. You know, uh, oh, I can see. Well, I mean, we hope. Alexa did have to shut Twitter because she was being stalked by someone. I'm not saying it is Doug. I'm just saying I'm not saying it's not Doug. You know, like I'm uh, saying it's Doug. Like you know, we can say like. 
Scarlet, we think is very attractive or, um, mm-hmm. you know, like Sasha or or Bailey or, you know, Becky, whatever. Like, you know, you can sit there and be like, oh, I think that person is really attractive. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. <laughs> if you if you think like, oh, I think they have a fascination with me. No, they don't. All right. Let me let me just like uh, save you a hundred dollars in therapy fees. No, they do not. And like that, that's the thing. Like when, when it crosses that line, it just gets weird and it gets strange. And you see these things and you just go like, just like the product, you know, be a fan, but don't, don't like be a fanatic. Like that's, that's when you cross the line. That's when you just get into that, that creepy psycho territory. Cause like Doug said, we have no idea what would have happened, you know, none whatsoever. And, uh, we, you know, you don't want to be a statistic. You don't want to like all of a sudden, like, you know, be like remembered briefly and then go away. Like that's, that's not what we want. Uh, you know, I want Sonya to be around for a long time. And I hope because of this, I hope that she's actually around even longer, you know, in terms of the, her wrestling career. That's what I really hope for. And you know what the thing that one of the things also that actually does, it actually hurts all the other fans. Cause like, let's say we are in our, you know, around, uh, the, the performance center area. We want to get a picture taken in front of the front doors. I don't think that's going to be able to happen anymore because, you know, a fan come over, quick picture, they're gone. Um, yeah, that's not happening anymore. You, we, you'd be lucky probably to get in the parking lot. But anyways, uh, so Aaron, uh, here's I don't know much what's going on. What's going on with the Velotine Dream allegations? It seems like there is the one person on Twitter, like going after him about it. I mean, what's what's the story? Yeah, there is. Uh, it was about four or five months ago is before uh, when we had talked um, last month. Uh, we're talking about all these allegations that came out and people were being released and everything. And with dream, his came out actually prior to that, uh, which was really interesting because there was, you know, video evidence, there was pictures, there was audio, there was all this stuff that came out and he went away for a little while. And then I don't know if that was because they thought it would die down and then he would be able to come back, but it's resurfaced again. in this person who has these allegations and that's what they are, right? These are all allegations. There's no one has been, you know, the, tried in the court of public opinion, but until something actually happens, we don't know the full story. You know, we're only getting this guy's version. We don't know what dream, you know, has to say about this. And, you know, the truth is going to lie somewhere in the middle. But unfortunately, it seems that he may have been texting with somebody who was underage, a boy who was underage, like 17 or so, and saying some fairly lewd things to him, you know, saying like, oh, you know, you should do adult film, you know, and and things like that. Uh, Apparently sending pictures to him. That's a little weird. It's it is kind of surprising that WWE is still pushing him, at least to an extent. Uh, obviously, having a big return and everything, they must see a, a lot of value in him, you know, because he is so young, and they might think that he is the next big thing. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you can typically get away with it when you're a really big star. You know, there's allegations that were made about people that were uh, very high profile that you know people are like, ah, you know, it's hard to separate the art from the artist, but you know, maybe I can do that. And with this, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's up to WWE with what they want to do. Right now, it seems like they're, you know, staying the course, but that could change fairly soon. Well, I found it funny with uh, Triple H's statements because he did make a statement regarding uh, Velveteen Dream saying that they had checked into it and they found the allegations to be false. And then the uh, uh, victim uh, or alleged victim came out and said that he was never even contacted. And two others came out and said that they were never even contacted by WWE. So it, it makes me kind of wonder, again, it, WWE did their investigation, but how well of an investigation are you doing? 
But that goes in back into the fact of, I mean, if they're counting on Velveteen to be a big guy, their allegations look to maybe they talked to Velveteen Dream and were fine with what he said. Um, and they were, and I think Triple H even said that the only reason he was off TV was because of an accident that happened. And that is true that Velveteen Dream was involved in a car accident and he had to recover from injuries from that. But it, it seems a lot fishy and, and there's definitely stuff that we are not hearing. It's a very odd situation, to put it frankly. Like, regardless of what comes of it, it definitely crossed into the territory of creepy. Like, I don't understand why, what justifiable reason Velveteen would have to be texting underage minors. Like, that just doesn't, that alone itself is questionable. Then, on top of when you look at the content of what he was saying, that's very weird. Like, those are just not appropriate things. And I, I've heard the defense that he was only 19. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I think it's weird for a 19 year old to be texting a 14 year old boy or a 15 year old boy. Yeah. That I guess that's closer in age because, but that still is inappropriate, especially when you're a celebrity. That's just kind of stupid. Um, I don't know the full story of it. Obviously, WWE said they did an investigation. I don't know what the legal side of this is. Like, we don't have all of the details. To me, the only thing I will say is that it does seem that WWE would be unbelievably stupid to bring him back on TV unless they were overwhelmingly confident that nothing is going to come of this. So maybe there's more information that we don't know. There was obviously many of the accusations that, you know, people are assuming that they're making it up. All the things that you hear anytime someone accuses a celebrity. So who knows? But, man, they – if this – blows up and he did do it they're gonna look bad like they're going to look as bad as they've looked in quite some time because if he gets charged or he let alone gets convicted like there's no excuse it's one thing for them not to know about it to then clear him and bring him back and feature him in a ladder match that they didn't have to do they better be real confident in what he said yeah i think it's it might be close to the matt riddle thing but we'll see uh how that works out but yeah Anyways, so let's talk about uh, NXT TakeOver XXX or 30. Uh, Damian Priest, uh, he was the winner from the, the ladder match for the North American title. So he, I mean, uh, for the match, actually, I thought it was awesome. I thought there was a lot of great spots in it. Um, Roger, what'd you think about it? I agree. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Truthfully, the only thing off about the match was Dream. Like, it, 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 I don't know how to explain it, but it just seemed like, when he was out there, there was a noticeable, very weird air about it. It didn't seem like the crowd was interacting with him very well. Like he didn't seem very heelish so much that he just seemed like not present. Like, that's the only way I can describe it. Like the crowd just did not give him anything. And I don't know if that's intentional or they didn't know what to do. Who knows? But as far as the match, I thought it was great. I really think they made the right choice in giving it to Priest. The only other choice I would have went with was maybe Grimes because I think he's just a fantastic heel because he is so obnoxious. But I think both those choices were really good. Gargano did not need to win this, but it was smart to have him in there because I think he's the guy leading it. So he was kind of calling some of the spots. The Candice LeRae spot was fantastic. I loved her getting in, involved in the match. So really good match. I think the right guy won. Damian Priest's face turn I was a little concerned about, but I think they've done it well and they can keep going with this. I think all the guys looked strong in this i maybe would have thrown a six guy into this just to give them a little bit more shine like i wish dexter loomis could have been in here i know he got hurt but he could have really benefited from a match like this um maybe that guy that they brought over from nxt uk i can't remember his name off the top of my head ridge holloway or something like that he could have probably benefited from this type of match but other than that i think it was really well done 
Uh, I enjoyed the match. Uh, I was relatively tired when I watched it, but um, I, I, I definitely enjoyed the fact that I truly did not know who was going to win. Uh, they did a very good job of getting everybody really close to the title or being able to grab the title uh, to a point where you truly believe that anybody could have pulled it down and you could have been happy with any of them pulling it down. Uh, I, I agree, too, that I'm glad that they gave it to Priest. I think um, he's the one that can most benefit from having the title for uh, however long he does hold it. But he was the next one to to kind of come up and be the, uh, to need a title to build him up and make him a bigger star. Yeah, and I, I echo everyone's thoughts here. Uh, I do hope that they make Damian Priest a bigger star than what he was. I remember watching him uh, in Ring of Honor when he was Punishment Martinez, and they definitely put a lot of weight behind him. It made sense that he would go to WWE. This is somebody that I think Vince is going to really like a lot, you know, depending on you know how things go with some of the other people they've called up. Um, you know, Damian Priest potentially could do well on on Raw or SmackDown. You know, uh, he's better than Baron Corbin. He's more athletic. I think that he uh, has way more charisma, and uh, you know, I mean, his mic work. I you know, I can't recall a memorable promo, but like, it's probably something that you know you can be you can learn and, and get a little bit better on. So, uh, kudos to him for winning. And you know, also, I mean, I love Gargano. I'm very glad he did not win. Very glad on that. Yeah, I agree. Actually, the that spot, I w- the only thing I wish they I wish they could do, but I don't I don't know if it's possible. Is I wish Gargano could have just been holding on to the belt only, and then like kind of swinging with it. I wish they could have done some type of spot with that, and that would have just put a, put me over the edge. But hands are out. you talking about the Jeff Hardy spot? No, but see when when Hardy did it, uh, didn't he hold on to the metal part of the um of where the belt hangs? Didn't he hang on to the metal part? The not- wire. I I thought he was going for the title. They knocked the ladder off, and then he grabbed the wire. I, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen X seven in years, but it's something along those lines. Yeah, but I was like when uh, when Gargano had the belt because it looked like I thought it for a moment that Damian Priest was going to kick the ladder out from underneath him, so he was only holding on to one portion of the belt, like hmm. and not and not the not the ring not the ring part where it sits on, but just the belt the only the belt itself. But I I don't think that's even possible, but. It, that would have that would have I would have lost it, but uh, um, Adam Cole took on uh, Pat McAfee um, in a surprise. McAfee, McAfee, McAfee. oh, like McAfee. the antivirus, just like the antivirus. <laughs> All right, so Adam Cole uh, basically uh, did a great job making uh, Pat look extremely well. So, uh, Aaron, what did you think about the match? Yeah, and that's something that I think everybody was talking about is that expectations were incredibly low, and that's because. You know, Pat was a punter in the NFL for the Colts, and so you're not expecting him to be able to put on an even okay match. You know, it's Adam Cole, so you know he's going to drag him to something. But I think that a lot of people were very shocked at what he was dragged to. You know, Meltzer gives out star ratings. I bet this gets three stars. You know, like I, I, I would not be surprised if if I would see that. It wasn't an amazing match. Is it one that, oh, you should go out of your way to see it? No, but like, was it something like, oh, I could see something coming from this? You know, uh, I could. I definitely could see something coming from this. I do think this actually helps out Adam Cole, though, as well, because if Adam Cole can do that to somebody who is not a full-time wrestler, who they apparently did not rehearse the match or anything like that, then, you know, what's that to say what he's going to be able to do with anybody else? You know, you put him in the ring with like a Baron Corbin. You know, you put him in the ring with a Roman you know, which they're not bad wrestlers, but you have somebody who is a like a five star machine practically, you know, and like Adam Cole, AJ Styles. Yeah. 
give that to me, please. For the love of God, give that to me. Uh, <clears throat> I think I, everybody is shocked with what uh, Pat really brought to the match itself. Um, some of the athletic moves that he was able to pull off. And uh, like Aaron said, we all knew Cole was going to bring his A game and make this a, at least a three-star match. I would almost give it a four-star match in the fact that it, it turned out as well as it did. Um, and maybe that is because of low expectations, but uh, I, I was kind of, I was only a little bit disappointed in the end, just in the aspect of, I think they could have done more with this, especially with the match going over as well as it did um, with Adam Cole and Pat being the distraction that the um, undisputed era lost the tag title match because of, uh, I think it, they could have really gone and dug into a, possible undisputed breakup, you know, with, with everything else that was going on. I really want to kind of see a, a Pat do a roll up and, and get a quick win and Adam try to blame some of the other people of the undisputed era, whether it be Roddy or, or fish or, or one of the other ones or, uh, so that's what I was kind of basing my pick on, but I'm okay with this still. Um, you know, you never really want to have, one of your top stars lose to a, a pure amateur and, and everything like that. So uh, what was it? Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow when he dropped to uh, Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think that would have also gotten you a little bit more clickbait if you would have had let Pat win. Yep. Clickbait would have been the right word. It would have been absolutely a WWE type move to have their 400 day champion lose to a punter. And luckily, Triple H knows better. <laughs> I was very surprised at how good this match was. It's not Tommaso Ciampa Gargano at TakeOver Louisiana. Like, let's not go overboard. But it was a fun match. Pat McAfee looked really good. Like, for someone who had never wrestled a match before, he did not look um, like he had no idea what he was doing in the ring. He looked a lot better than some people who've even held the WWE Championship before. So he... Absolutely has some potential. Now, look, if I'm watching Pat McAfee every week, I'm probably going to start to notice more of the flaws. It's going to get old real quick. But if he wants to do the old Shane McMahon schedule where he wrestles once or twice a year, great. I also was expecting some sort of swerve. I thought this might lead to Undisputed Civil War or maybe uh, Imperium or I don't know. So I was just I was expecting something weird happening. I'm kind of glad they didn't break up the era. I like the match. And kind of like what Aaron said, look, Adam Cole is one of the best wrestlers in the world, bar none. Like he could drag us to a three-star match. And I think this bears very well for his future. I call him HB Cole because I think he could have a five-star match with a broom. And he's going to need to do that if he ever gets called up to the main roster because Baron Corbin is basically the equivalent of a broom. So he's going to need to be able to get, you know, lesser people over. And look, we've seen it before where Nakamura couldn't pull a good match out of Corbin else and his, his push felt like it died and, and things like that. So we'll see. I hope Cole doesn't go anywhere because I, you know, he's obviously six foot with uh, quotations and <laughs> his uh, shoes. So there's not a lot of faith in him being utilized properly. Um, if you have any questions, please go see Ricochet. So, you know, on NXT, I think he's treated as a superstar. I think on Raw, he's treated as I don't want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. That's all I got to say. Um, anyway, so let's uh, talk about um, uh, Killer Cross, if that's what they want to call him. Uh, any, uh, he actually won the NXT championship over Keith Lee. Um, 
I have uh, some interesting uh, opinions on this, but I'll, I'll I'll let you start, Roger. No, actually, I kind of want to hear your opinions on this one. Let's, let's I'm not happy. Start. I'm not happy, and the reason why is that Keith Lee. I, I said it a, a while ago, and I still I still believe it. I think he's he's going to be even bigger than what he is. But he cannot go to Raw, and he cannot. He shouldn't have lost the NXT Championship. He it should have been at WrestleMania, yeah, you know, at, at NXT show. Then have him drop it. I'd be mad, but not as mad. Um, I would have settled actually for Royal Rumble. Um, that, but yeah, I, I'm just not thrilled about the this this idea. I mean, I would have been. I mean, Cross should have got himself disqualified. Is what it, what it really should have been, and I would have been okay with it. But I mean, I haven't. I don't think we've had a DQ for NXT Championship, and if ever, but they don't do that on takeovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean. It, it, it it just really bothered me because when he won it, I was like, "What? Why?" And then I was like, "He's going to show up on SmackDown." And then of course it was Raw. So, yeah, it sucks. But yeah, so yeah, hey, Roger, your thoughts? Um, so let me say that this was one of the more boring NXT title matches uh, probably ever, to be quite honest. Like I know that some people really do prefer this very methodical pace. I am fine with that to a degree. You know, if you're working the Bret Hart methodical pace, like uh, Ciampa versus black at takeover Phoenix, I'm fine with that. That's storytelling. That's uh, you know, you're attacking a body part. This just plotted along for me. I just don't think these two work very well. Like, you know, there's some wrestlers who just don't have great chemistry also. And we talked about this before the show, Andy, I am a bit tired of face champions in NXT always having short reigns. You just had Adam Cole run the division for 400 plus days. Um, since, what is it? Since Nakamura, who defended, I think, once successfully against Joe, you've had Drew McIntyre not successfully defend it, Johnny Gargano not successfully defend it, Aleister Black successfully defended it at one time, Keith Lee didn't. So, of your last four face champions, you're talking one successful title defense. That's that's absurd. Like at some point, I don't want to just keep watching faces chase heels. I want to see faces have short reigns. I want to see faces have long reigns. I want to see heels have short reigns. I want to have heels. It's it's just I don't like predictability. And to me, this was the wrong call. I get that Keith Lee's leaving, so they probably had no choice. I don't know. I, I'd rather him actually just pull the Nazca and just vacated both titles and be like, okay, I'm out. See ya. And then if Cross needed to win, Cross needed to win. But I don't know. I, the Killer Cross or Carrying Cross era on NXT is not something I'm particularly looking forward to only because big, dominant, undefeated monster streaks are not that fun to me. You know, Adam Cole could lose. Even though he didn't lose, his matches were exciting. I'm not going to believe Cross's next defense he's going to lose. I'm not going to believe he's probably going to lose any of the matches until TakeOver Mania, which means I don't really care to tune in when he fights Ciampa for the title or he fights Balor for the title or whoever they put him up against. I'm not going to be invested in that match. And that's a shame because there's a ton of talent in NXT. And I'm sorry, I'd much rather Cross go to Raw. I would much rather them swap places. Cross is – we talked about this I think last time. Cross is already main roster ready. He's big enough. He's tall enough. He's got the look. He's got a hot blonde with him. That's basically everything Vince needs. Go to Raw. Go do your thing. Let Keith Lee stand on the NXT for a little bit longer. Let him build up to be a true star so that when he shows up the night after WrestleMania and, you know, that's a big moment as opposed to he just shows up but, you know, oh, look, the guy who couldn't defend his titles on Raw now. Okay, good luck, bud. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan of this either. <clears throat> I I don't know much about carrying across a pre WWE, uh, so 
I'm not going to get into his history as much as I will talk about Keith Lee's. And I absolutely love Keith Lee, and I think he has done a wonderful job in NXT. I think he did a wonderful job at Survivor Series when we saw him. He definitely was over with the crowd in Chicago when we saw it, and uh, I think that had a lot to do with him getting the title, uh, but also to quick shot him or quick shoot him up to to Raw. I think with the lack of uh, I don't know I don't want to say lack of talent because they have plenty of talent on Raw and SmackDown. They're just underutilizing their talent, and I think Vince just wants his big guys up there and he wants more people to play with. And and <clears throat> my worry is just how long will. Vince go with a Keith Lee until he gets bored with him and drops him like all the other NXT call-ups. Um, I think there's a potential for Keith Lee to have a good, I hate saying the main roster career, but uh, we also know that WWE doesn't do good in long-term booking. Um, and I'll, I'll return to my thoughts on Keith Lee and his long-term booking after we get through SummerSlam. So, I echo your guys' thoughts. I, I'm i not upset that Killer Cross had won the NXT championship, but I do think that it was way too soon. You know, I know he debuted three, four months ago, and now all of a sudden he's champion. And at the start of NXT, it made sense because you had these big names coming in. When Kevin Owens first debuted, you know, and then he attacks uh, Sammy. He had that blood feud going. He takes the title off of him. Okay, that made sense. You know, that that I got that. And then, but like, you know, with Cross, you know, he was in Lucha, he was in TNA, and he comes here and he has a great entrance. You know, they did a very good job of packaging him. But it just, if you had him take on another fan favorite here and he takes him down, and then you have him take on Keith Lee at maybe the next NXT event, you know, like, okay, you know, Keith Lee was able to defend once, but now he's got this big, like, you know, he went up against Gargano, let's say, or something like that, right? So he's able to take on Gargano, but then he has to go against Cross. He's never taken on someone like Cross before. You know, Dijakovic is one thing, but he doesn't have that killer instinct, you know, like Cross has. That's something like, oh, like I'm interested in this. And I was the only one that picked Cross, you know, in our pickums, and that was because the way that they booked their face champions. And I was looking at it like they're pushing Cross to the moon. And they they booked themselves into a corner in a way because it doesn't matter who lost that person really lost because of cross loses. They're going to, you know, push him back down. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, oh, he lost, you know, like, I guess he's not that big of a threat anymore. You know, like, cause who's he got next, you know, Finn Balor. Yeah. I don't know. Like he, he wouldn't have anybody next. So I, WWE, I, NXT, triple H, you know, whoever is booking this, they did a very bad job. I think with this and Keith Lee is going to fail on the main roster, which sucks. But let me let me write it, and I, I guarantee you won't have a fail of Keith Lee. I I hope you're right, Doug. If you have to write under Vince, you will. Well, yes. okay. Let me say this: he will be it, like at the end of the year, uh, fallen from grace. If he is picked, it would not surprise me. I'm not saying that he can't rise to the top eventually. Look, Drew McIntyre was a failure for a long period of time. And Keith Lee might be somebody who's going to grind and grind and grind, and then he'll make it. But, you know, this year, maybe even next year, I could see him being a, a quote-unquote failure. I would say his ceiling is main roster Asuka, to use Doug's term. Like, he might be the guy that eventually 
they turn to when other initial plan, like Roman has another bout and can't be the guy right now, and they'll give Keith Lee a push the way Oscar is basically a backup plan for the horsewomen. But yeah, I don't ever see Keith Lee hitting that Seth Rollins, um, Roman Reigns, trying to think who else has been pushed over the last five years. Brock Lesnar. Kevin Owens seems like a backup plan, to be quite honest. Like, he only became champion because Finn Balor got hurt. Like, Kevin Owens Mm -hmm. has not really sniffed the heavyweight championship since then and hasn't been a main event player. He had the feud with Shane, which is the closest he had to the uh, being a featured star. Uh, Two times he had a feud with Shane. Yeah, both heel and face. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it was just like, you know, he doesn't – Kevin Owens doesn't seem like – the guy, the way that Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar seem like the unquestioned right. guys. Like when we're talking about WrestleMania main events, I in no way, shape, or form believe Kevin Owens is in the running for that. Drew McIntyre seems like he might be the next guy in that. But yeah, I, I don't. I I'll be real surprised if Keith Lee. Keith Lee is big, but he's big in the Samoa Joe Kevin Owens way. And how many of those guys have main event in WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. They, you know, it just is what it is. Yep, and uh, that that was one night. Then the following night, we got SummerSlam 2020, and it uh, kicked off actually with uh, Bailey taking on Asuka. Um, Aaron, um, did, were you surprised that this match was going to be first, or did it make sense? So then Asuka had a nice resting resting period. I actually kind of thought they might do back to back. I actually think it might have been better, even if they would have done back to back. But Bailey defeated Asuka. I, we all picked this. We all kind of anticipated this. It actually kind of might have been fun if they would have, you know, switched it around. But, um, you know, we all anticipated that Bailey was going to win. But I think the more interesting thing here was that Asuka defeated Sasha. And you saw in Raw, you know, she kind of felt a little like upset about this. And then she had the rematch, which of course she lost. And, you know, you see the seeds planted. And, we are going to crap on WWE for a million things and they're going to do a million things wrong. This is one of the things they're doing right. This has been a very long feud. They actually wrestled at WrestleMania against each other, technically, you know, in that uh, fatal five-way elimination where uh, um, Sasha got eliminated and Bailey like, didn't help, you know? So, like, this could be a very long-term one-year build to them wrestling at next year's WrestleMania against each other, which, good. They should do that. I hope they do that. I think that'd be really fantastic if they do. Um, You know, this is probably the only thing that they are currently doing correct. And I think at the end of the year, when we do our uh, end of the year, you know, uh, awards, I think that there is only two choices for woman of the year. And that is going to be Bailey and Sasha, like as it stands right now. No, no, Oscar. She doesn't get any consideration here. She is a distant third, I think. Interesting. Wow. I I think that Bailey and Sasha, uh, because of their feud, because uh and not even their feud, but because of their friendship, which is looking like the, it's gonna be a feud, I think that those two have been, had a banner year right now. Hey Aaron, can you do me a favor? Can you pronounce something for me? Yes. Shayna Bays. <laughs> oh, you mean the, I just want to know if you knew how to say it. You mean the woman that jobbed to to Becky Lynch at WrestleMania this year? No, that's not what I mean at all. I mean oh. Shayna Baszler. No, um, but seriously, I do think Shayna and or um, Sasha and Bailey most certainly are in the running for Woman of the Year. I don't think it's as clear cut as you do. I would definitely put Oscar in that discussion. I would also put Io Shirai in that discussion because I think Io's had a really good 2020, um, and she's had some really good matches. Like in the one thing, I, so we talked about this with Keith Lee and. 
You know how many title matches Sasha Bank has successfully defended her championship in? There you go. It's a big zero, folks. Really? She can't. She has never successfully defended uh, the women's championship, nor I think has she ever won a women's championship match on pay per view. I think she's only. She kept winning against Charlotte on Raw. Yeah, maybe she beat Sasha. She might have beaten Alexa at SummerSlam. That might be the exception to that rule. I don't know, but she's never defended at the very least successfully, and she's never defended on pay per view. Um, so that's. Obviously, okay. So I, maybe they're building the story of like Sasha can't win the big one. Which if they do that, and it's Sasha finally beats Bailey at let's say WrestleMania, and it's kind of an, an inverse of their story at Brooklyn where Bailey can win the big one. Great storytelling, and I really hope that they see this all through. But I have to say, the pessimist in me just really thinks that somehow, some way, this ends up with Charlotte beating both of them. Like, <laughs> joking me, but tell me that none of you would be really that surprised if it was a triple threat and Charlotte just made me look like both of them tap. Like, you know, it's it's how Oscar had that big undefeated streak, and who did she lose to? Charlotte, and then Rhea had the big, uh, hey, we're gonna have her come in, win War Games two on four, defeat Shayna Baszler, and end her basically one year run, and who she lose to? Charlotte. So it's like, you know. And, and not, nothing against Charlotte. I actually really do enjoy Charlotte's work. I just don't like the way she's always booked this way. If they do this story properly and actually let Sasha and Bailey get the time at WrestleMania that they deserve, which is always a problem with their feuds, and actually do the feud properly, it'll be really good. Like I think they've had the best women's match I've ever seen in my entire life. So it could be really good. So I probably would have. No, go ahead. I was going to say, let's book this. So let, let's say that, that Sasha can't win the big one. Do you think they continue that all the way to Survivor Series? You continue it to WrestleMania if that's the case. Well, no, I was thinking yeah. you do it to Survivor Series, but then he has Survivor Series to Royal Rumble. She has to, there's some other thing that happens. Maybe bring well, Charlotte in then. At Survivor Series, I would have them do the tag match, and I would have Sasha do to Bailey what Bailey did to her at WrestleMania where Sasha could stop Bailey from getting eliminated. And she kind of just sits in the corner and is like, nah. And so let's say Sasha and her partner, her other partner are the last survivors, but Bailey takes a pinfall. So now Bailey's pissed that she didn't get help, but she can't say anything about it because she did the same thing. So like you could really start to build up that tension. And then truth be told, if you're really going with that story, Sasha needs to win the rumble. She needs well, to- I was, I was even going to say, do you have Sasha win the rumble or do you have Bailey interfere causing Sasha to not win the rumble? And would, then whoever wins goes after the other t- or goes after Oscar instead of Bailey. I would have Bailey try to interfere, and then when she messes up, it ends up helping Sasha, and so she tries to play it off like she was trying to help Sasha. It's kind of like the you remember the whole evolution storyline where like mm-hmm. trying to set Batista up. I would do a similar story to that. Yeah, no, I was totally trying to help you. You know, we're so best buds. Let's rule the tag division again, or let's rule the divisions again. And then you show some backstage segment where Bailey was really talking about how she was going to screw Sasha out of the title because Sasha's nothing more than, you know, a backstabbing friend. Then boom, you've got your feud. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that would be great. Like, that would be very entertaining. I would enjoy that. That's good long-term storytelling. And if they do it, more power to them. But I'm very skeptical. No, but I was the reason why I was bringing it up is because then you could have that triple threat. But then about that time, Becky Lynch could come back and maybe guest referee the match for the triple threat. Then you <laughs> then you have the four horsewomen together. I I, I just don't. Uh, I personally just don't need the the extra horsewomen involved in this. Let's no. let them and let their story run its course. Um, I, I, I felt like SummerSlam was very predictable in this thing, but I had no problem with it because it's good predictable. This is what we want to see. This is what we should see. And 
you know, setting up a, uh, you know, where, like Roger said, where Sasha can't win the big one and Bailey has had the title for so long, it made sense for Bailey to defeat Asuka and Sasha not. So you, they, they are doing a very good storyline. Let's see if they can keep it up. But I don't need the, I guess, the added aspect of Charlotte in, to, to come into this at all. I don't need uh, the man, uh, the runner-up to the 2019 <laughs> Woman of the Year, to, to Becky Lynch, to, to be involved. Let them run their course. Let them run their storyline. And, and then after that, after everything is said and done, then you can start, you know, adding new little tricks and, and, and little things to it, too. But uh, until then, let this story play its course. Let it let it build up even more and more and more. The slow burn is the perfect way to do this. And and let's see a great WrestleMania match where they uh, tear the house down like they did at Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, so, you know, something we should also talk about. We got to talk about uh, Drew McIntyre. We did bring him up earlier. But Drew McIntyre did retain over Randy Orton. Um, Doug, did you like uh, what's going? How they did this with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton and the 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 weird few that they're going through? So, I've liked the setup uh, of what's been going on. Uh, I think Orton has been, you know, uh, I think it's been said many times. If Orton cares about his feud, he can put on a great feud, a great match, and some of the best uh, matches that he's done. In a long time, as and this feud with McIntyre has been great. Uh, I think this was the time, though, an opportunity, especially with the you know the Thunderdome now is our is our big thing. But with with no live crowds, I think Orton is your perfect champion during this time, just due to the fact that or- Orton isn't a musty champion. You don't necessarily need to see him. He doesn't need the title right now. He doesn't need anything like that. But you, you, you're not going to go to see specifically Orton as the champion. And with him, if he, if he would have given him the title here and everything like that, he could have easily slow played the next feuds and everything like that and, and made people build themselves up to be contenders. Uh, with him knocking off and becoming the legend killer again and, and teaming up with and then destroying Ric Flair. I, I mean, I've, I've actually liked randy and and what he's been doing but uh, to me it made sense to have mcintyre lose this and then try to fight his way back up the 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 ladder again uh that's interesting because i'm the exact opposite i think a loss here would have been very similar to um wyatt losing to orton at 33 where it's kind of cutting the legs out from under him and now granted his reign has obviously been longer because it's been since wrestlemania but Drew's caliber of opponents has been not the greatest, if to say it nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, the he had that really good match with Seth, which was way too early, and then after that, was it Lashley and Dolph Ziggler? Mm-hmm. Like, th- th- that's not championship quality. So it, you know, basically, he beats a bunch of powder puffs and then loses to the second real wrestler he faces. Which to me, Drew McIntyre has everything you need to be a superstar. So I think him going over Randy Orton was great. I like the way that he beat Orton in particular, though. I enjoy that he out-wrestled him. He didn't just kick his head off with a Claymore, you know, same for him. He just, he beat him with a, a small, uh, what, a backslide? That's great. That That's a unique finish. That's something different. You don't see it every time. It's not the dreaded roll-up of death. Like, I enjoyed that. I'm sure they're going to have a rematch at Payback on Sunday, which is absurd to me. Um, 
but it was good. I, I think this further solidifies. I would. I actually think McIntyre is going to hold this until WrestleMania, and I think he may face Brock a second time. It would not surprise me if he goes a year and faces Brock one more time because they need stars. Like truth be told, you just they, they can't keep thinking that it's going to be Roman is going to all of a sudden become the megastar that they want him to be. And you, he's never going to be the rock. He's never going to be stone cold. And if you're going to build an ensemble cast then you need to have multiple stars, you need to have guys who are believable. It can't just be Seth and Brock and Roman, especially when Brock works like six dates a year. So if you're going to put Drew McIntyre in that stratosphere, he's got to beat guys like Randy Orton and he's got to beat if Cena ever comes back, he needs to beat him too. And you know, whoever beats him, Whenever that is, whether it's Survivor Series or the Rumble or WrestleMania or maybe next year's SummerSlam, should be a guy that you peg as a future superstar as well. Giving it to Orton is fine because he can build people up, but he doesn't need the title. And I don't think you've gained enough by having Orton win. I think you've lost some star power if you do that and you take it away from McIntyre. Uh, yeah, I actually agree with uh, Roger on this one, and I think that McIntyre should hold it for as long as possible. I think, you know, when you have a credible opponent like a Randy Orton, who, to Doug's point, looks like he can defeat him. And that, I think, is one of the most important things is that, uh, you know, Rollins should have been probably his previous opponent. You know, like, that's what it should have been. It should have been like, oh, maybe they're going to have Rollins take the title off of him, and then Rollins will face somebody big at, at SummerSlam. That would have been a smart move. You know, I mean— like, I mean, starting off with Dolph Ziggler might have been an OK move, but you know what the outcome was going to be. I, I, you know what the outcome is going to be with Dolph Ziggler <laughs> title match. I mean, let's just be honest here. Um, but, you know, McIntyre is a beast. He is somebody who I want to see them put these types of people in front of him where it makes you question the outcome. And that's when wrestling is at its best, when you don't know what's going to happen. You look at NXT 30 and I think we all picked Damian Priest to win, but. It was nope. not out of the realm. Nope. Okay. It was not out of the realm of possibility, though, to see, you know, uh, Trevor Lee, you know, uh, uh, Cameron Grimes win. Um, to see, uh, you know, Bronson Reed was the only one I, I was like, eh, he's not going to win. You know, honestly, I actually thought Bronson Reed had a chance, though. He, I really believe uh, he could win. The the storyline in that match, you you did believe he was going to take it at one point. But yeah, I mean, but here's the thing, right? So, same thing with that, right? Like the North American title. Uh, you know, uh, we, most of us picked, uh, Adam Cole to win, but it was now the realm of possibility. Most of us picked Keith Lee, but again, not out of the realm of possibility. And I think that's when it's at its best. And so for Drew McIntyre, you know, when he defends his title again, whoever that's against, um, and I, I'm not sure, you know, who would be probably the next person to go, but so long as they keep putting this out there, it's going to make it believable. And it's going to make me go, Oh, this might be the time that they actually take the title off of him. And that's a good thing. You know, that's when I'm more invested, more interested in it. And, you know, he beats Orton with a, you know, a backslide. Well, after that, you know, they have unfinished business, you know, they're, and they don't have to have three matches. They could have just two and it's fine. You know, uh, I didn't think that Sir, this was going to be set up to the second. Minimum of three matches. Let's and be real here. I, yeah. I absolutely hate that. I always hate that. Uh, but, you know, honestly, like, give this two. That's it. You know, and you don't even have to do them right away. You can do a second match, probably Survivor Series, if you really wanted to. You do in October. There's a lot of different possibilities here, and I think that's a very good thing. But actually, Andy, let me ask you, uh, one of the points I just made there is who is next? Let's say they don't go with Orton. Who would you go with? Is Goldberg available? Brock I mean, Lesnar? Sting. Goldberg is being primed for Roman. I'm pretty sure we're getting Reigns Goldberg at WrestleMania 37. Oh, no, don't, no, no. Don't say stuff like that. Don't say stuff like that, man. 
That's what they were doing last year. So if Roman's back, you know they're going to do it this year. Oh, jeez. Uh, all right, so who's next? Um, you know, I, I, I still like – I still like Seth Rollins, but I, I think they're going to pick someone that is uh, not going to be believable. I, I think that's what they're going to end up doing, which which stinks because then Drew McIntyre's entire title reign sucked because of Corona and bad booking. But I actually think to your point, Seth Rollins might not be a bad idea to go up against. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, he, I, I mean, he, he just got a big win over Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, Seth hasn't beaten anybody, unfortunately. Like, he won an eye for an eye match, which is still the dumbest stipulation I've ever seen in any wrestling match ever, um, and beat his son. Like, it, that's, I don't know that that is, um, hey, you beat rookie wrestler, here's your title shot. Mm-hmm. That Who did just, Dolph Ziggler beat to get his? He he moved over from SmackDown. That's how he got a title shot. Yeah, it was part of his trade condition. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's it's like you know how some people have a no trade clause. He had a I get an automatic title matches clause. Um, yeah, it's new face. Who this? Yeah, I mean, like, listen, it's like gender, right? When you change shows, everything that happened before is erased, and we just pretend like you're a beast now for an inexplicable reason. Mm-hmm. I I don't actually know to answer Aaron's question. Who is next? Like, I don't. I feel like there's only faces that are built up that are left. You've got Kevin Owens, who I think Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre would be a really good match. Um, if Samoa Joe ever gets healthy, I think Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre would be a really good match. Aleister Black hasn't been built to that level yet. Obviously, Ricochet is, I don't know where he's at in the world. Um, I'm, I'm like literally drawing a blanket. Who else could be a legitimate world? to Andrade? Did he? No. I don't think he's there. Uh, I, I mean, like, legitimately, I just don't know who's on the roster. Sheamus, I think, is on SmackDown now, right? Mm-hmm. Who's even on the – Bobby Roode? I, 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 I just – I am drawing a blank at to who – they have not built a lot of people up to be credible contenders. Like, he'd have so, to almost show. So are you saying that it might have been a good time to change, change the title and have a heel, and then you could have a face <laughs> battle I, I for mean, it? There's not really many faces have been built up either. Like I named two, and Joe's I, I was uh, say I think Kevin Owens, and he even had some stuff going on with Orton that yeah. he could have been the easiest to number uh, to to go to the number one contendership. Yeah, but I mean, Doug, let's be honest here. If there's one thing that happens when Orton gets the title, you know what it is: the ratings plunge fast. What They're already those? plunged. How, how far, much farther can they go down? I mean, Aaron, what's the lowest rated segment in Raw history? <laughs> Every uh, next Monday. <laughs> you know, I think that it, we should see how far it can go. I mean, I guess if you want to limbo and see how low you can go, you give Orton the title again. But yeah, I mean, they just don't. It, they're they don't have long term booking. Like, if you compare and contrast this to NXT, where like the moment Lee won the title, even though I think we all disagree, you knew Cross was coming. Whereas when McIntyre won the title, I had no idea who the next contender was. And right now I don't know who the next contender is. It's like they don't – their side feeds don't seem to – like I don't know what the Hurt Business is doing. Are they just going after the U.S. title? I, I mean – I believe I, so. I, I think uh, payback is Apollo Crews versus Bobby Lashley was announced tonight. Yep. So he beat MVP twice and his reward is he gets to fight Bobby Lashley now? Yep. Yep. Okay, that's logical. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they... Murph, I, I, I mean, it's... I don't know if you would ask me who the top six contenders are for the championship. I have no idea on Raw. I know a little bit more on SmackDown, but I don't know on Raw at all. Maybe he'll go to Underground and fight there. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Drew McIntyre just beating the absolute crap out of people on Underground would kind of be entertaining. Like, just Claymore kicking random people and just leaves. I'd watch that. I, no, I wouldn't. I'm lying. I don't watch <laughs> I'd YouTube that. I'm sorry. I can't. I just... it's. Yeah, oh, you know, you know what would be really weird is if because uh, we know that it's gonna what is it? What's the triple threat? Fiend versus uh, who again? Strowman, Strowman and, and Roman. Strowman, right. Roman. Yeah, so Fiend won the title. But anyways, um, do you think that would we wouldn't it be funny if for some reason uh, Roman won the title, but then the basically Strowman and Fiend beat the crap out of him. He leaves. Otis comes in. One, two, three. Would that just be awesome? Owens. <laughs> Otis. 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 Yeah. So I thought you said Owens. In this scenario, oh, I'm sorry. Otis has gone over Roman, Braun Strowman, and The Fiend. Yes. This well, is- no. Roman went over The Fiend and Strowman, and then they got Retribution after the match, and Otis goes over Roman. Sir, did you say Retribution? Like, yes. Are you saying he's the leader of Retribution now? I, yeah, I, I think mean, he is you, all can't... members divided. Like, they, oh. they, their powers <laughs> combined form Otis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I I actually would be fine. Like, uh, if Otis walked over to Raw and challenged McIntyre, he's not going to win, and he shouldn't win. I'd be fine with that. I, I mean, I kind of want to see what Otis can do in a big time match. Like, truthfully, so if they don't have any other challengers, why the heck not? Right. So, do you think that Fiend? So Fiend retained, right? Uh, or I'm sorry, Fiend won the title from Braun Roman. Obviously, as Andy said, that you have the triple threat. So Roger for. For this, I mean, Fiend retains, right? Like, he, they're not going to have take the title off of him in a week, are they? I'm sorry, who's in the match right now? Is Fiend, Braun, and Roman. Listen, what? There are very few things in life that you should consistently bet on: Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar in life, and Roman Reigns in a title match. <laughs> Like, should they take the title off the Fiend in a week? Absolutely not. Should they have taken the title off the Fiend against uh, Goldberg? Absolutely not. Should they have taken the Fiend, uh, the title off him against Randy Orton? Absolutely not. I think Roman Reigns. Yes, they did. (laughs) I have said this before time and time again. When it it is most likely to kneecap the Fiend is what they will do. It's just the way they have always booked Bray Wyatt. Roman has no business being, being in this title match. He's been back and he gets a title match a week later. Why? He didn't even earn the Goldberg title match. Like he just said, "I'm next." Like this is stupid. Like build things up. We don't need immediate gratification in this case. Let Roman come back. Let him fight Strowman. Let him work his way to a title shot. Yada 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 yada. And I'm did sorry. He, did he ever lose his title? I can't remember if he lost the title or if he had to give it up because he of the of the cancer. He had to give it up. I think he gave it up. Now so, I mean, I mean, obviously, that's your storyline purpose is that he's never lost the title. He wants his title shot now. And and I think that with, with the triple threat, threat and what they're doing, this is where I'll get into my long-term booking with what Keith Lee should do. This one, you have Bron, uh, the Fiend is going to pin Braun Strowman in order to re- remain the, the champion. You have Braun and Fiend though team up they get alexa bliss with them they start the stable again of uh the wyatt family 
and you you have them versus Roman for the next few months, uh, where they never get it. But then at finally at the Royal Rumble, uh, that's when I would give it to Roman. Give the title to Roman, then have Keith Lee win the Royal Rumble, and then have Keith Lee versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And just hype it up with everything that happened during Survivor Series. Uh, when they were the last two uh, standing, you know, I think it was NXT had Keith Lee and Roman Reigns. And you had that wonderful uh, back and forth, which unfortunately Roman uh, came out on top. But then at WrestleMania, you have Keith Lee over Roman Reigns. You know, that would like- that would be good. And I do like it. You know there's no chance that it happens, right? I know well, it's not going right. to happen. It's long-term booking, and it's also putting over an NXT person to a more major extent. Uh, but, you know, and, and I hated when you said it, Roger, when you said it's going to be Goldberg at, at WrestleMania. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's That's what it's going to be, and it's going to be horrible, and it'll be spear versus spear, and... It'll only last about five minutes, and it'll be just like Goldberg's match at this year's WrestleMania. Like, truthfully, now that I'm thinking about it, since Roman has been, like, the guy, I, I want to say he's only lost, like, four to, like, four different people. Like, legitimately, it's Brock, Seth, Finn Balor, randomly, and uh, Braun Strowman in that ambulance match. And I don't know if anyone else has beaten him. Maybe Kevin Owens did. I feel like he just kept winning by DQ or losing by DQ or, you know, right. there'd be interference or something like that. But I think that's it. Like, so <laughs> I would love to see, I agree with your, your idea a hundred percent, but there's, I would bet the farm that Keith Lee is not going to go. Over oh no, uh, exactly. It's not going to happen, but yeah, should. Yeah. That's all the time we have for this month's show. If you're into the Twitter, you can follow the show at Altamark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and editing the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking time to download and listen to the show. And for Doug Hahn, Roger Caven, Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring.